0: This is Dreamer to Creator, the podcast, with your hostess, Gabriella Bruner. This podcast was created to share stories of real people who dream and create. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories are resilient. Their stories are real. This podcast was Gabriella's dream, and she wants you to know that her dreams are possible, and so are yours.
1: And welcome to this episode of Dreamer to Creator, the podcast. I literally am sitting here with goosebumps on my arms because the thing that I live and breathe for in this world is watching people who take an idea, literally sitting on the couch with a friend that they just met, take an idea that they had and make it something incredible that lights them up every single day. So, my guest today is the. just brilliant Morgan Hamill. She is the founder and creator of The Garment. And I'm going to let her share in her words exactly what The Garment is. But Morgan and I met about a year and a half ago at this beautiful retreat in California that was all about ethical and sustainable fashion. And we found ourselves, I found myself cuddling her beautiful little girl in my arms as we were sharing stories about where we were in life and what we were hoping to create. And now we're sitting here. A year and a half later, both with these beautiful creations in our hands, and now we get a chance to transport ourselves back to that couch in California and say, hey Morgan, how are you doing with this beautiful creation that you had? Say hi to everybody and uh, you can tell I'm just beyond excited to have you here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hi everyone and thank you Gabriella for having me. I must admit, I also have goosebumps on my arms, which as we've talked about many times before is when you know that something is really true and right. And I feel honored to be sitting here with you and to be with all of the people listening here today. So thanks again Mm, for having me. You're so welcome. So why don't we start
1: with, do you want to start with where you are now or do you want to start with the Morgan who is sitting on that couch dreaming about bringing something to life? Let's start on the couch. Mm. (laughs) Let's go to the couch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So um, maybe let's talk a little bit about my decision to go to the couch. Mm. Because I feel like that, not really to the couch, but to LA for that retreat, that was something that came up. I, I was just browsing online one day and had come across the livery which was the group that put on the slow fashion workshop that we went mm-hmm. to and came across that and there was just something about it that drew me in. I looked at the images, I looked at the writing from Stacy from Ame who put that on. And I just thought it just called to me. I thought this is something that I need to do. And also it was a time in my life when it was a little bit of a risk to do so. Mm. I work in a city that's really focused on the oil and gas industry. Oil prices were low, and it felt like a bit of an extravagant thing to do. Mm. Also, I had a three-month-old baby at the time, and so taking her was, I knew I wasn't going to leave her, but it was also just a bit of a sort of leap out of my comfort zone. And I also just had this feeling that I had to go, that I didn't know what was going to come from it, and that... Taking that step was the right decision. And so on the plane I hopped with, yeah. <laughs> with my babe in the carrier and went and met this beautiful house full of amazing women, including Gabriella, many of whom I'm still very connected to. And that was that was how we got to the couch. Yeah. I mean, the energy <laughs> and the power, like, It's,
1: you know, I ended up going because my sister felt the same way that you did about this. And then Mm -hmm. she said, Why don't you come with me? And I said, Sure, why not? I'll come out to California and see what's going on. And, and I felt the energy in the in the same way, because there's nothing to for me, nothing like bringing a group of women together to create. And mm-hmm. we all were creating different things in our own ways, mm-hmm. right? Some of us were sitting at the sewing machine. Some of us were cutting on the floor. Some of us were, yes. you know, sitting outside and doing all this kind of stuff, which I think is just indicative of everybody's unique creation process. So mm-hmm. we're on this couch. We're talking. You start dreaming. Mm-hmm. And then what happened?
2: As I remember it, I started sharing with you what was just the seed of my idea at the time, which was really all around connecting women and responsible brands, Mm. which has become, sort of has grown into the thing that it is now. And at the time, it was very, it was very small. (laughs) Like it, It it, the idea was big, but it was, exactly. I didn't really know exactly what it was going to look like. And just as now, even though it's grown, I still, you know, I'm in that, I'm, I'm still in that process of creation, thinking about what's next. But there, you know, I definitely recognized that there is a yearning from people out there to get back to the basics Mm. when it comes to clothing and life and simplicity and all of those kinds of things. But particularly around clothing, I think, you know, we are in this world where everything is fast. Our lives are fast. Our technology is fast. And our clothing, in most cases, is very fast. You know, many of the big fast fashion retailers put out a mini collection almost every week. It's amazing. And I know, isn't it? It's, it's really amazing. And it perpetuates this feeling that we need to buy all the time in order to stay on top of these trends, which go in and out as quick as can be. And it's difficult to keep up. Yeah. (laughs) I know I've, I certainly had the experience before I started this capsule wardrobe, um, slow fashion journey of just being in the mall. And I can remember one particular instance of realizing through, I think it was through a magazine, like just seeing like, oh yeah, like large print florals are really in. And I remember going to the mall to one particular store and buying like a large print, floral shirt.
1: Yeah, you were the for exact no other example, reason other yeah. than
2: that it was like, in. right. And then within literally like a few weeks, it was no longer in. And that was I, I realized it. And that was sort of one of many things that led me to realize that this whole fast fashion treadmill is just kind of ridiculous. And the
1: treadmill is such a it's such a beautiful metaphor. Because what I was hearing when you were saying it's like, so they come up with these different You know, things like every single week, it felt like you could never catch up to feeling good because you'd feel good for a minute, right? Purchasing this new thing or, you know, being in fashion or on point or on trend. And then two weeks later, you're looking at your stuff like, Oh, this is so out and you have to, you know, catch up to the next thing to potentially to feel good. You know, we buy clothes so that we can feel mm-hmm. good, look good, present ourselves yes. a certain way. And it feels yes. like we're constantly chasing this idea of feeling good and slowing down, really slowing that down shakes people mm-hmm. up because it's like, Oh, yeah, how do I feel good now? If I'm not right buying something every week or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. For those people who haven't followed Morgan on Instagram, please share where everybody can follow you because your feed is just, it's beautiful. So let everybody know where they can follow you so that they can hop on right now and do that.
2: <laughs> sure. So it's at the garment life. So T H E G A R M E N T L I F E. And you share a lot about this. You share about mm-hmm. slowing down. You share about making, bringing back
1: time, bringing back time because you, one of the posts I saw recently was, Less time at the mall, more time with your family, mm-hmm. and that is just such a beautiful concept.
2: Yeah, so that's been a really big one for me. Something that has been tough is to just resist that urge to um, to shop. And for some people, it might not be shopping; it might be smoking or drinking or mm. eating or <laughs> any other of a number of things. But for me, you know, the way. I love how Erin Lochner in the book Chasing Slow, if you haven't read it, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth picking up. Mm-hmm. She talks about the idea of feeding the lion and this idea that each of us has sort of our, our lion's den that we bring things back to. And for me it was was close. And you know, I wouldn't entirely say was because one thing that I try to be really transparent about. In my work, is the fact that I am certainly not there (laughs) in terms of this minimalist journey, nor am I sure that I will ever be. Mm. But I feel like it's really important to just name it and acknowledge that it's something that I struggle with and that I know that others do as well. And I may still feel like going out and buying a shirt, or for me now, it's more going online and buying a beautiful, slow fashion shirt. Mm so it may look a little different but it's it's still something that that pulls me and i know that it's it's that's really just part of being human is that that pull and what i need to sort of recognize and get clear about for myself is why what's that really about mm. in that moment and for me what i've realized is that when i am in that place of feeling like i need to go buy something typically what I'm seeking is connection and recognition, Yeah, both of those things. And getting a new shirt is an easy way to sort of have that need met. You know, when I see my friends the next time and they'll say like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, where did you get that? And it sort of sparks a conversation. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is like typically those conversations, you know, they're, they're pretty surface. It's not really the type of recognition and connection that I want to right. have that I'm really yearning for.
1: To me, it feels, first of all, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for expressing to everybody who's listening that this is a journey. That if people hop on your Instagram feed, they're going to see eight, 9,000 people following you. They're going to see three or 400 likes on almost every single one of your posts. And to sit here and acknowledge that, that you're on this beautiful journey, this beautiful experience, that you're human, that every day, you're having this conversation with yourself about, you know, do I really want to buy that shirt? Like, what is going on here, right? And going deeper with yourself and acknowledging that Mm -hmm. there's still parts of you that enjoy that and that that's okay, that we can be these multifaceted human beings that are really every single day taking one more step and one more step and one more step towards just enjoying our lives as we know them. And being transparent that way is so needed in this world because so Mm -hmm. often we don't get to actually see how, in this case for you, you go from, you know, having the seed of an idea to having, you know, a beautiful following of devoted people who are curious and interested in your journey and learning and experiencing right alongside with you. People don't see everything in the middle and you're showing that to them. And so I just wanted to say thank Mm -hmm. you, first of all, for that. And I also would love for you to touch it's upon that a little been bit more. My pleasure. <laughs> so, touch upon that a little bit more and how you have actually come to experience and know your own creation process through this slow fashion movement.
2: Yeah, so I would say, for me, and in the interest of, of sharing and being real with people, for me, the journey of sort of trusting myself and also developing my sense of like the way that the world and the universe work all really began um, several years ago when I was struggling to create what I wanted to create most, which was a baby. Mm. And I, through that process, the process of sort of being broken in the feeling of that that might not be possible for me, really needed to sort of develop a way of understanding the the world and how things work. And that process really gave me sort of some tools to create what it is I've created now. So some of the things that came out of that were a acknowledgement, first of all, of the fear, because that was the biggest thing at the time for me, and I know is, is something that is often what we allow to get in the way of uh, what we want to create most. So just kind of acknowledging that fear is a part of the process and also not letting it entirely get in the way. So that's one piece. Also, you know, really getting t- in touch with the visionary part of myself, the part in that case that that knew that I was going to be a mom. and just needed to get clear about what were the small steps that I could take to get where I wanted to be. And then also to have a big idea or a big vision of what it is that my life looked like. And so in that case, it was all around having a happy, healthy family and, you know, not getting caught up in the specifics around like, I will be pregnant by this time, Mm. but rather, really just getting in touch with like the feeling of what would it be like to have that baby in my arms mm-hmm. and to be honest like at the time I could barely do it because it was so terrifying yeah and I forced myself to do it <laughs> <laughs> and to feel what it would feel like to be there I bought myself a maternity shirt You know, even when I wasn't pregnant, I actually wrote down on a sheet of paper, I am pregnant and carried it around in my pocket (laughs) and just pretended as if I was there. And that process, while it was, you know, awful at the time, it gave me so many tools and confidence in the way things work Mm -hmm. that I've been able to translate into so many other areas of my life. And I feel tremendously grateful for that. Wow. That,
1: the first thing that came to mind was fake it till you make it, but that doesn't feel right. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like bringing in the present moment, everything that you desire to feel. It's it's Mm -hmm. sort of the same idea of, in some ways, like really slowing things down and not waiting for that next thing. But knowing that deep in your heart, you can feel those things in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, Affirming them and having this beautiful vision of what you were creating Mm -hmm. and Allowing yourself to be there even though it was painful because I think sometimes people forget that the creation process can have these Moments of pain that can be just as beautiful as the moments of joy and Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's much sweeter in the end when we can experience that in a
2: weird way Yeah And carrying around that note, do you still have that note? I do. Yeah, (laughs) I have it in my top drawer beside my bed. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Ah, I love that because that's just a reminder of what a powerful creator you are.
3: Hmm.
1: You know, of Mm -hmm. with love and and perseverance and resilience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can you can beat the odds and Mm -hmm. create the life that you desire, and you did that twice right? Because mm-hmm. you have two beautiful mm-hmm. babies now. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, that just yeah. oh, so beautiful. And so the lessons mm-hmm. you learn there, then mm-hmm. you've applied them in different areas of your life, but more specifically then to developing and nurturing and creating the garment. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So how did that start? How did the, the first post or the first idea to bring to the world about what you wanted
2: to share and what has now become The Garment? So I would say the, the story behind The Garment, you know, really began with me taking a sewing class, actually. <laughs> when I was, my first daughter was just over a year old, and I had a yearning to make something for her, a piece of clothing with my own hands. And I don't really know where that came from because my, you know, my mom's not a big sewer and nor are my grandmas, but I just had this desire to, to create something for her. And so I took a sewing class every Wednesday night. I went to, to the basement of my sewing teacher's house. Oh, I love that. And yeah, it was so cool. I'd sit with three other women and, and then also our teacher and she, we basically just picked a project and she taught us how to sew. Mm. And I fell in love with the process of creating in that way. And I also had a real realization about what it actually takes to create a garment Mm. that before that point, I was completely disconnected from. And I liken it to the way that some children, many children in the world today, don't realize that Uh, fruits and vegetables actually don't come from the grocery store right (laughs) they come from a farm right and someone you know went through the process of tending to those and growing them and picking them and and getting them to the store and you know really prior to taking that sewing class I had never thought about the creation stories behind my clothes Mm -hmm. I just never even thought about it I honestly am a bit embarrassed to admit this but I kind of thought they were just like made by machines
1: Yeah, well, I I I think the same thing until I started to see through your your stories, how there's actually like a physical human being with a beating heart behind each stitch.
2: And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was a huge realization for me. And then around the same time, I had a really interesting experience where I had, I had purchased a pair of boots, beautiful black leather boots. And I went to get them. Resold and I'd had them about a year and a half. And they were expensive boots and they were from a brand, an American brand, that was known for quality. And when I took them to the cobbler to get them resold, the fellow told me that the company that the boots were from had actually been purchased several years before by sort of a large institutional investor Mm. and that the boots were no longer made in the US. They were made. I think in Mexico, and that the quality had significantly decreased such that they actually like it wasn't even possible for them to resold them. Oh, boy. Yeah. And what was really fascinating for me with that was just the lack of integrity between what the brand says it was about and the actual quality of the item. Yeah. And, you know, in, in my other work, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit more later, but my, my background is in ethics and I have written codes of conduct for, for a large corporation. And, you know, that's really all about alignment between stated, you know, formally stated values and commitments and behaviors and actual action. Mm -hmm. And it's all about are those things aligned and how if not, we either lower the level of the language or lower the brand commitment or find a way to increase, you know, the quality of either the product or the behavior. Exactly. And so for me that was just a really important moment. And I realized like I want to help people be able to see whether something is actually worth paying for. Right. Yeah that was just like a really important sort of realization for me. And so part of my work with the garment has been around, you know, finding those quality brands, and learning the stories behind the makers, and sharing those with people so that when people make a purchase, they can be confident that that they're getting really good value. Integrity is at the heart
1: of all of it, right? And Mm -hmm. as you were sharing that story about the cobbler and the boots, it almost felt like, like it hurt, like, you lied yeah. to me. You lied what? to me. This is terrible, you know, yes. because, you know, let's face it. We all work hard for our money and mm-hmm. we go and we, we invest in something that we think is gonna, is gonna be quality and all this kind of stuff. And it really, it really makes people mad. Like it would mm-hmm. make me mad to be like, seriously yeah. guys, like, why are you out there making buckets of money off of right. like cheating people basically? Right. Yes. And Yeah. It just felt important to say that because I feel that your journey in this world, it is, it's alignment. It's, in, mm-hmm. and, and you share stories in such a beautiful and authentic way that people connect to, not only to the heart of the story, but to the item through the heart of the story, you know, mm-hmm. and you share it in, in such a beautifully high, high integrity way that people can't help but be drawn to this movement, even if it's in a, let me just explore. Let me just be curious. You're mm. opening, you're opening that window for people, that door for some other people. Mm. And yeah, that to me is just beautiful. I, it's, it's so powerful. And when you started this journey, because you mentioned you have mm. a job, right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you started this journey, you were, you were balancing a job and mm-hmm. weaving this in, um, and one question comes to mind right now. Did you, did you want or desire or see the garment becoming a profitable, or was it more of an exploration of your own curiosity and your desire to share or a combination of both, which is amazing too?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I would say I always thought it was possible, you know, mm. I, in terms of like, if we go back to what I was talking about earlier into that sort of that idea of that healthy, happy family, that bigger vision. Yeah. I thought, you know, there's something here. I think it's possible. Did I have an idea of exactly what it was going to look like? No. But I always held space for that bigger vision. Mm. And then, you know, just kind of, I have been tinkering around with it. Yeah. Really viewing it as something that I can sort of play with here and there and Figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't and what resonates with people. What do people find value in? Um, at the same time, I mean, I say tinker around like it has not been always easy. Yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, there have been many late nights and, you know, it has been hard work and continues to be. And I am so drawn to it that it mm. feels like not doing it is not an option. Yeah. It's just simply not an option.
1: <laughs> and I think this is where that question that I just asked was going, which is, there are people who feel that pull. Mm-hmm. The, this is not an option. It need, this is going to happen if it's the last thing I do on this earth. Mm-hmm. And but we also need to live, right? right? We need to go to that grocery store and, and yes. pick those, you know, apples off the shelf. Yes. And that, that, that symphony, that mm-hmm. dance, that, I don't know, musical composition is what comes to life because it feels, mm-hmm. it feels like, how do people do that? How do right. people eat and pursue their passion at the same time? Right. And you've done it. And I think a lot of times, people here just go ahead and quit your job in pursuit of your passion. It'll figure itself out. It'll bring right. you your money because it's your passion. Right. Well, sometimes that doesn't happen and yes. it sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Right. So, I'd love to know more about your thought process behind all of that mm-hmm. or what uh, wisdom you have gained throughout right. that experience.
2: Yeah. Well, honestly, like the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, conversations that we've had, Gabriella, like you mm-hmm. and I about I think you really have, have helped me in that way in terms of realizing that, you know, the fact that I haven't quit my job and just gone full into this doesn't say anything about my commitment to where I want to go. Um, yeah. It's more just the most prudent decision for right now. Right. And yes. so that has been really helpful. And then also, I think I'm a firm believer that everything happens perfectly mm. and when i find myself feeling like i need to make a decision <laughs> i remind myself that it's all good as it is right now and that as long as i continue to hold that bigger vision and take the sort of baby steps towards it that things will unfold and that there may come a time there will likely come a time when when i'm ready to make a decision and i'm not quite there yet and so I don't need to force to force it at yeah. this point in time, and I think that that's something that you know people can find comfort in is that it doesn't have to be all in in terms of what your day to day looks like in order to be all in in terms mm. of that bigger vision.
1: You have expressed that in such a beautiful way because maintaining your job, maintaining your responsibility, put on the do have a roof over your head doesn't lessen your commitment to what you're creating. Mm-hmm. It yeah, that was just that was so perfectly said that when I listen to this again, I am like I mean, that's going <laughs> everywhere. It's going everywhere because I think people really oh need gosh. to hear that. Mm-hmm. People really need to hear that that it's okay because right. I myself being one of those people who beat myself up thinking that I was a failure, you know, having to go mm. back to, you know, a traditional job after mm-hmm. I started my own business and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that's a lot of pressure to hold on yourself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, one of the things that I have experienced is that it stifles the creation process when mm-hmm. you put all of that pressure on yourself. Um, yes. And when you yes. put pressure on your passion or your business or your seed to become a beautiful rose garden before it even had a chance to like
2: sprout out of the ground, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think that, that is, that's huge. And then the other thing I just wanted to say just around what each person's day-to-day life looks like mm-hmm. is, I mean, first of all, the Instagram world, as anybody who is on it will know, is beautiful. It's curated, it's pretty, it's really beautiful. The reality is that almost no one's lives are really like that. Right, And <laughs> at least not know, every I moment, I try right? to be really clear, exactly, not every moment, and about the fact that mine certainly isn't like that. And I also think there's, there's something to be said around capturing what is beautiful, yeah. those beautiful moments. And, and just in terms of like, just back to what every day looks like, you know, and balancing it all. I think that's something that's really, that I find really challenging. And, you know, I often get people asking me like, how do you do all of this stuff? How do you do it all? Mm-hmm. And the reality is that I, I don't do it all. Like I do it, I do what I am choosing to do which means that other things fall off yeah it means that you know I haven't worked out as much as I like to it means that I'm not like cooking all of the healthy meals that I normally do because I've prioritized my work on the garment because it's pulling me (laughs) I'm allowing it to pull me though and I think that's an important thing is is I'm the one who decides yes I've decided whether I intentionally or not that I'm going to work out a bit less and work on the garment a bit more Mm. and it's not ideal and I'm choosing it. So I think that's something to, I I hope is helpful for people just who are struggling with where to prioritize is just as a reminder that like no one's doing it all. We're all making choices about what works best for us in the moment and we can change those choices if they're not working. Mm.
1: That is, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just yes, yes, (laughs) yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Keep tearing your nuggets because yes, yes, yes. And when people can see that their priorities are a choice Mm -hmm. and that they can change that if they need Mm -hmm. to. And Mm -hmm. the other piece that I was hearing is that you're really learning how to have compassion for yourself on the days that you choose, like you said, to work on the garment a little bit more and work Mm -hmm. out a little bit less, Mm -hmm. that you don't beat yourself up for the fact that that day you chose one over the other, you know, Mm -hmm. because we can Mm -hmm. still like clog ourselves up if we're, if we've made a decision to work on something, but then we're still saying, well, I should have done that.
2: I should have done that. I should have done that. Right. And And actually one of my mentors was really helpful for me around that. mm -hmm. Like I remember several years ago, feeling guilty about something. I can't even remember what it was at the time, but she talked about, you know, when we're in these places of feeling badly about something, when I'm in a place of feeling badly about something, I have two choices. I can either change my action around it and do the thing that I think I should be doing, or I can stop beating myself up about the fact that I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that it's been a really valuable lesson in terms of just cutting myself a bit of slack. Yeah,
1: that's so important. How can people get interested and see everything that the garment is creating and where is the garment going? So it's like, what, what does the garment do and how can people get involved
2: in what the garment does? Yeah, so the garment, as I mentioned before, is really around connecting women and responsible brands. So what I have noticed is in terms of women who have a desire to purchase more mindfully, there are three main barriers. The first is finding the cool things. <laughs> The second is the cost, <laughs> because they are, you know, many of the items are more expensive than you would typically find at the mall. And then the last thing piece is around fit. So what I have tried to do with our virtual pop-ups on Instagram, which happens seasonally as a way to sort of help women build their wardrobes, is to help alleviate those barriers. So first of all, I find the beautiful pieces made by these awesome responsible makers and feature those as capsule essentials as part of whatever season virtual pop-up we're doing. The second piece is I provide women with a discount code to make the cost a little bit less and a bit easier to swallow. And then the third piece, which is the part I'm most excited about, is really around um, fit. And as all of you will know, the size of person that we most typically see of woman that we most typically see in modeling clothes is you know two to a four maybe a six but for women who aren't that size it makes it really really difficult to buy clothing online especially when that item of clothing is being made especially for you you know it's quite an investment and you want to make sure that that thing fits (laughs) and so The Real Model campaign is something that I'm really excited about and I think is something that, um, yeah, people just have really uh, appreciated about this work because it's really a way to show the garments on women of all shapes and sizes. And those women, Mm -hmm. as part of that campaign, share their measurements, which is not an easy thing to do. And I have just been wow. so inspired by the willingness of women to step up and to be photographed in swimsuits, nonetheless. We did a swimsuit shoot in May, <laughs> which is, in Calgary, is not in the <laughs> swimsuit weather. Again. And these beautiful women just donned the swimsuits <laughs> and shared their smiles and their measurements, and made it, you know, relatively easy for women to take the plunge and order one of those suits online. And so that's something that I've just really Mm. enjoyed is meeting these women and connecting with them and see them, you know, how excited they are to share the photos of themselves with their communities just because they feel good. It empowers them. It does. It really does. And one of the models from the swimsuit shoot said like, you know, she's a mom and she said, you know, I never thought I'd start modeling at the ripe age of 35. <laughs> and I just love that. Cause I thought, yeah, you know, it's just so great. And you are giving women something
1: that you love for yourself, which is connection and recognition. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, something that they wouldn't, I mean, like you said, to be a swimsuit model, you have to look a very specific way, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you are opening these doors to say, look, you over there are beautiful the way you are. Mm -hmm. Show it, I'm giving you a platform, Mm -hmm. show it. Mm -hmm. Share it with your community, empower the, you know, it's the ripple effect. And again, goosebumps like Mm -hmm. everywhere because Mm -hmm. I could hear the the heart and the passion behind that component, behind the whole thing. But that piece Mm -hmm. feels so valuable because You're not just there to say, hey, go get these beautiful clothes. You're there to say, empower yourself, slow down, Mm -hmm. enjoy your life, Mm -hmm. take pride in what you are choosing to adorn yourself with. Mm -hmm. Hear the stories and connect with the people who are also making this piece that you are wearing, which Mm -hmm. by wearing it, you're
2: allowing their story to be shared too, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to, I just want to share is, that I think is like a really interesting tension in this work is like, I don't want people to buy the thing if they don't need it, you know? And I think like that's... And you're very honest about that. I am. And to be yeah. honest, it's, it's a bit challenging. Like it, there is that tension there because as a business owner and as someone who, you know, one of the pieces of my work is I'm transparent about the fact that, you know, in these virtual pop-ups, like I am a partner of these organizations. I do get compensated for making the connection. Mm -hmm. And that's something to be honest, that not a lot of bloggers or influencers Mm -hmm. do. It's, it's starting to come. um, But many people, to be honest, like, aren't aren't really aware of it. And I think like, because of my background in ethics, and, and I just am more heightened and attuned to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving seeing sort of more of the transparency coming. But both that transparency aspect, and also the You know, being explicit about, you know, I don't buy this. Don't feel like you have to buy this. Right. (laughs) Is something that like you don't often see. And and I appreciate why. But it's something that I have tried to sort of really make a part of the work that I do. And and part of that is just around trusting that the message resonates enough that more people will come rather than less people buying more clothes. Right. More people
1: have come. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and that's a be- that's, that's, a, I mean, I love to reflect that back to you because I still mm-hmm. remember the day when, when I first probably added you to my Instagram following or whatever, and you had you know, a couple hundred people, you know, and mm-hmm. to see those numbers grow exponentially
3: mm-hmm.
1: when somebody is authentic, transparent, sharing a beautiful message that comes, you know, from a place of heart and integrity. That's that's who I root for. Those are the people that their creation stories like inspire mm-hmm. me so much because you're staying true to yourself. And, mm-hmm. and you are, you know, let, if we want to take numbers as a measure of success, which a lot of us do, you are successful
3: mm-hmm. in
1: being that authentic version of yourself. And, and you can still be successful. And I think that that's a, that's a very important, I'm standing on my soapbox right now, because Mm -hmm. I want people to know that I want people to Mm -hmm. know that they they can be fully themselves, and, and have that success that they desire.
2: Yeah. And the other thing I would say to that is like, it doesn't mean that sometimes I don't get terrified Mm -hmm. about the authenticity. part. (laughs) So like, I still remember when I did the post about being transparent about whether or not, you know, I was being compensated. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I feel like it's a little bit like someone who's a vegetarian with a bunch of meat eaters. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's something (laughs) around like, like, I didn't want it to seem like I think I'm better than you because I'm doing this. Right, right. You know, it was sort of more like I just, I felt like it's something that you know being transparent feels true to me but i was also kind of afraid that that i might alienate some of the makers that i've worked so hard to partner with yeah because to be honest like not a lot of makers are transparent about their partnership and so doing so you know making a statement about that was a bit like quite scary for me
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it also felt like not doing it.
1: Right. It was just a, yeah. wasn't. It, me. That, and that's the integrity. Yep. That's staying within your integrity, even if it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you are you're a very strong and very powerful and very beautiful human being. And throughout all of your experiences, you have strengthened your integrity in such a way that you're allowing yourself to create what you desire to create, always maintaining that integrity. And it's mm-hmm. really beautiful to witness, like really beautiful to witness. So congratulations on so many levels. Thanks, <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you. I, I, you know, part of the reason why I even created this podcast is because I want to share people's stories. And I also want people to benefit, you know, the other day I caught myself saying advice, and actually what I, what I really mean is wisdom. So mm-hmm. people out there are going to be in all stages of dreaming and creating and falling down and high highs and all of that. And so looking back on the lens of your creation process of the garment in particular, but your whole life, right? Anything you've created, mm-hmm. what, what wisdom do you desire to share with people? What do you think is important for them? So just
2: here. So I would say, like going back to what I shared about my journey towards my girls, you know, that that sort of model or way of thinking around that fearful part, the part that knows, you know, what the right next step is, and that sort of part that trusts that everything is going to be okay. That's a model that I learned from a woman named Julia Indichova, who runs an organization called the Fertile Heart. And Mm -hmm. That honestly has been such a beautiful model for me to follow, you know, in those moments where she calls it your orphan, that part of that part of myself that doesn't think I can do it or that, Mm. you know, you talked about the numbers like the part on Instagram or wherever, wherever, whatever space you play in, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, my my engagement numbers like man. Wish those were higher, (laughs) you know, and like that's the orphan part. That's the like part that looks at what everyone else's numbers are and all that kind of stuff. And I have that. I certainly have that too. Um, But you know what? Like having the tool to then say, "Oh, you know, it's okay, orphan. (laughs) It's okay," and then move quickly to that visionary part. The part that says, "Okay, you know, if I really want to, let's say, increase those engagement numbers." First of all, do I really want to do that? Is that really the most visionary step? Which, to be honest, for me, the answer is no. Like, I just need to keep doing my thing. And I know that people are engaged and that there is a really important conversation and that new people are joining every day and all of that kind of stuff. I just sometimes, in those orphan moments, allow myself to get attached to Mm. a small measure of success, which I recognize, for me, is actually not what it's about. And so it's getting connected with what is the visionary step? Yeah. What is that little thing that I can do today that will take me closer to that big picture of where do I want to go? And, and then pretending as if I'm already there in that big picture, you know, like doing what it is that I dream to be doing, just feeling it, allowing myself mm-hmm. to be in it. Feeling mm-hmm. and
1: allowing. And how about letting go? Is there an element of letting go? Throughout this episode, you've talked about letting go of mm-hmm. like the timing, yeah. right? But what about those times when maybe you have a specific vision, like a very clear specific vision? Do you hold tightly to that vision or do you kind of like let, it, let the, the specifics of the vision mm-hmm. go? But it sounds like you maintain the energy of what you're creating, but how it kind of turns out may not always be exactly how you vision envisioned it. Right.
2: Yeah. And I would say, you know, in terms of myself, my orientation, I'm not really big planner in terms of like, what is exactly my vision. And so part of that might be like something that, that I need to work on as, as a business owner. And it is something that I'm you know, beginning to think about in terms of what's next. But mm-hmm. there's a big element for me that's around like having the idea of what I, what I want to create and then trusting that it's going to work out. So for yeah. example, like with this swimsuit shoot, this is just a small thing, but I I had explored like lots of options for where we were going to shoot swimsuits in Calgary in May. And like nothing was working out. And <laughs> I just had this strong feeling that, you know, goes back to my experience um, of having my girls that like I just know it's going to it's going to turn whatever happens it's going to happen perfectly and I just held on to that and that morning I was driving along by a lake that we have in Calgary a reservoir and I thought you know what there's an old canoe club down there like I'm just going to go check it out. And sure enough, I walked down there and it's the most beautiful spot I ever could have imagined. It's got this wooden dock, these amazing vintage canoes, and I was just like, Ugh. yes, this is. It. And
1: that shoot was fantastic. <laughs> Everybody go on to Morgan's Instagram right now, scroll back a little bit, find this this shoot and cheer these women on yeah. for putting bathing suits on in May in
2: Calgary. <laughs> Seriously, they were Ugh. the best. So I think that that idea of just trusting and And, you know, it might not have, it might not have worked out that way. I might not have found that space. And I know that just like still trusting that everything happens perfectly, even when it's not exactly what I envisioned or what I wanted, having faith that, Mm. that it's still part of my journey to where I want to go most. Just wow. I just thank you. Uh,
1: You know, sometimes you just you just like driving by that lake and that reservoir and and having that feeling like there was really no reason for me to be at that retreat in California other than that I wanted to spend time with my sister. And when you open yourself up Mm -hmm. to just anything, you find yourself sitting on a couch with Someone who I have come to cherish is one of the most beautiful souls on this earth. And to witness your journey and to witness what you're creating and to watch if, with so much excitement about where this is going is, it's such a gift to me. So thank you so much for talking to me on that couch that day and, and letting me hold your beautiful baby. And oh I, my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm truly, I'm truly just so inspired by you and your story. and. I want tell everybody again where they can find you because I want everybody to go and be a part of this experience too.
2: So I'm uh, at The Garment Life on Instagram and my website is www.thegarment.ca so you can find me there too. And I want to thank you Gabriella for um, holding not only my <laughs> real baby on that couch <laughs> but also holding space for my vision and for encouraging me when when things haven't seemed as easy and for reminding me where what I've done and cheering me on and just for being there and I can't tell you how much I appreciate your work and how excited I am about where you're headed
3: Mm, thank you thank you so
1: much everybody check out the garment life on Instagram you will not be sorry and thank you thank you so much Morgan Um, Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks, Gabriella. It's been an honor. Thanks, everybody. We'll be talking to you again soon.
0: Thank you so much for being part of Gabriella's dream. You can learn more about Gabriella at thenewfirm.co. A special thank you to Hope Welty Library sally mercedes in the a year ago today podcast joshua weeders and each one of the guests